feet. Knocks off number one, Indiana. Brent Spillane continues to be the hottest thing in college baseball. The Illini win it over Ohio State, 28 to 21 at the Horseshoe in Columbus. Darren for the tie. He got it. Oh, he got it. 80, 80. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Oski Talk. I'm the Schmack guy with Patrick Hadazone, and both Illinois basketball and football are playing at the same time, and they're both on winning streaks. Mm -hmm. I hope there's so many people that just realize, oh, he's the guy who says Schmack during the, the uh, yeah, basketball Hopefully years. I'm still allowed near a microphone yeah. because some people think I should not <laughs> I be. disagree with them. Uh, first of all, I think Schmack is... is awesome first of all you don't say it like every every time like you don't say it yeah i, every, I sprinkle it in there yeah if it's a three you say schmack I, I like it i don't know and there were definitely not a, the a lot of schmacks yesterday illinois no. squeaked out a victory over Nichols state 78 to 70 they struggled shooting but ultimately got the job done desumo had 21 i think Feliz had 23 huge games from both of those guys but you really don't want to be going to overtime against Nichols state yeah they, just, they got into a bad offensive rhythm and then defensively i feel like when when your offense is not scoring your defense you know steps back as well and that's kind of what they fell into um that was just a terrible game that really felt like the winthrop, florida atlantic game yeah, last year fau or winthrop last year where you're like ah oh, we might lose this game this would have been catastrophic if we did yeah but ultimately they're one and oh if you look at the score they won by eight and like io said rome wasn't built in a night we're one and oh and before the game i talked to georgine he said all we can do today is be 1-0, and that's what they were. Um, one of the players that really didn't have a great game but made some huge free throws down the stretch that ultimately led to tying the game and then winning the game was Trent Frazier. And here's Trent Frazier on the Illinois basketball season before the season opener. One of those things, one of those games where you know, it's a little warm-up, um, getting us prepared for you know, a real game tomorrow. Uh, you know, just working on our executions, um, see see what we, what we can uh, fix defensively. You know, just uh, trying to be a better basketball team. So um, uh, we're past that game. We're more, we're more focused on Nicholas State right now. You know, just getting prepared. Is there an element of offensive flow that you guys are trying to get worked out yet? Yeah, you know, just just flowing more into our offense better. You know, and our, our transition breaks. Uh, we kind of you know last our warm up you know, exhibition game. We kind of. We weren't, we weren't, we didn't have our little, our six second, you know, transition, you know, the speed we wanted. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't precise. And uh, we had to fix that these last, these last couple of days. So, you know, we're getting better. We've got better these past two days. And uh, we just got to be more focused. How much are you focusing on what you guys are trying to do right now versus what you know about Nickel State and focus on their game plan? Uh, very athletic team. Uh, they're, they're very strong. They're very big. They got a lot of big, big guys, big wings. So, you know, our thing right now is, you know, just, be, just going into that game defensively, just being focused on the defensive end, you know, uh, you know blocking out rebounds. Um, you know, coaches have been preaching that all, um, all week. Um, you know, it's going to be a war on the glass. So, you know, uh, like I, I'm going to continue to say, you know, we got to we gotta be focused on in that area and, you know, we got to be locked in mentally and just be ready to play. You guys kind of came out slow in the exhibition. How do you make sure that doesn't happen tomorrow? Exhibition game, I mean, the first time playing in front of fans, uh, I didn't. I didn't think at one point we were we were in trouble. But, um, we, were, we were fine. We didn't worry about it. We just kept continuing to do what we do. 
offseason how excited are you guys to finally get out there for real oh very excited you know this is a big week for this this team uh this program this program especially but, uh, you know, playing three 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 great teams uh, you know we're very excited to get out here tomorrow and play in front of these fans you know and finally it's real it's it's, it's prime time so you know um, like i said we're going to continue to stay focused and get better every day so scrimmage against south carolina the exhibition game you got a chance for me to see what kofi can against you know, another team. How much does having his presence change things, maybe at either end of the court? Oh, a lot. I mean, his presence is more, it's just, uh, more on the defensive end. Uh, you know, he, his presence in the paint, you know, she can shoot block, block shots. Um, you see that he's, I mean, he's a double-double double machine every night with rebounds. Um, and uh, just having him on the court, he's more vocal. He's gotten a lot more vocal this past, this, uh, you know, these past couple of months. And he's been, he's been very helpful for us. Him and George on the court for us is in, uh, they're great for us, so um, they're going to be very, very big for us. You know, just playing with them and playing with that speed, and that type of, that type, of, uh, those type of bigs on the court that can score the ball at, at any level is incredible. A lot of guys back, a lot of chemistry. I think with you guys, like going into the season, what are the emotions for you guys? Um, I, like I was told, these guys. I mean, the biggest thing for us is right now is, is trying to figure out, you know, how to how to be more, you know, smooth on offense. Uh, right now, I think we're, we're kind of you know, holding back a little bit. We're not as, as aggressive because we don't know like who to pass the ball to sometimes. But I think that's our biggest thing right now. You know, we got to stop holding back and be more aggressive on offense. You know, just just flow better on offense and be you know just just compete. Is that just a matter of more minutes, more time together to, to smooth that out? I think it's more practice. You know, um, I, I, we continue to get better every day in, in here. You know, just get after it, going up and down more. Uh, coach has been doing a great job with that. You know, just getting us, helping us, you know, just flow better on offense and trying to compete with uh, that blue group out there. But um, we've gotten better these past two days, and the offense uh, looks great. So, I mean, uh, we're ready to put, you know, step out here and play. This is your third season now with this program. Are, do you still have the first game jitters or the excitement, like when you're freshman year, or is it just kind of, I've uh, been here, done that, just time to get down to business? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I would say, I would say it a lot. Uh, I'm a veteran now. I mean, uh, I feel like there's nothing, nothing that bothers me anymore. So I, I step out on that court, you know. I just play basketball. So um, I don't think I have jitters like that anymore. Uh, I, I'm, a lot, I'm a lot, of, a lot of confidence in myself, and you know, I, I do, I do what I do, and, and I, I do whatever it takes to help this team win. Playing a little more zone, maybe if this exhibition's any indication. What I mean, just maybe to have that option to go along with, maybe just to. The regular defense, what do you think that maybe brings you know, to the team? Uh, it brings a lot. You know, it helps teams from driving into the gaps. Uh, obviously, playing the zone with Kofi and, uh, and Georgie, I mean, it, it's incredible, you know, second second uh, option for our defense because we can rebound the ball and get out and get out of transition more faster in the zone. So, um, obviously, you know, that's not what we want to go to the zone all the time. But, you know, with Georgie and Kofi in, it, it's, it's one of our, our big threats. Thanks, Trent, for that interview. Talked to him before the game. He mentioned kind of like how they didn't really look at Nickel State but knew that they were fast. I think they just had, they, they, they overlooked Nickel State a little bit and were not prepared for the game. Yeah, and there's only so much preparation you can do before the first game, too, because you don't have a lot of film. Nickel State graduated their main scores, so they were taking – this was a lot of guys coming out parties for the Colonels. This was their first games in those uniforms. They had a lot of transfers, so it's hard to prepare for that. 
but Illinois was hoping talent would take over, and it ultimately did, did in the overtime. Mm-hmm. But down the stretch, everybody kind of seemed to get tired. Nickel State's Dexter McClanahan was on fire. But like we said, ultimately Illinois came away with the W, and now they head to a road trip that Io called one of the most important in recent school history. They head to Arizona. They play Grand Canyon, which Brad Underwood said is a pretty tough place to mm-hmm. play. And then they play Arizona, kind of a blue blue blood college basketball program. So right. we'll see how Illinois handles that. I'm thinking you, you split and you call it a good trip. Yeah, for sure you split. I think the GCU games for sure win, and Arizona's probably, I think it's a 50-50 toss-up. The one thing I will say well, the way about, they played the other day, they're probably, if they play like that, right. they'll lose both games. I and agree. they have to they have to realize that. I, I agree. I wouldn't be, like, shocked if we dropped two games in a row based off the first game. That being said, I know how good, like, we are this year. I think we completely over over overlooked Nickel State, underestimated them. Um, the one thing I will say Kofi needs to be more aggressive in the next two games. He, like, he's not getting into foul trouble, which is great, but he has to be more aggressive. And if that means he gets in a little bit of foul trouble, I'm okay with that. And I think that's what Brad Underwood needs to underline to him. And here's the other thing with Kofi, like, yeah, he's a big, strong guy, but he's pretty weak with the ball. Like, he'll go up strong, grab the rebound, and then when he goes up to try to put it back in, it gets slapped out of his hand every time. Might be a foul here and there and he'll go to the line and miss free throws like he did the other day. But if you want to get the most points possible, you got to go up strong. I mean, you're the biggest guy out there in pretty much every game he plays. Got to be a little stronger with the ball. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree that. And uh, on top of it, Georgie and Georgie and, and, and Kofi are going to have to do a better job of, of just getting the ball uh, separately on their own. And, you know, Georgie's got to step up a little bit. Uh, trying to make plays down low. I know we have Kofi, but he has to be still more of an emphasis on this team. Yeah, and then if he is, then you can rest Kofi a little bit more like Brad Underwood obviously wants to, and then mm-hmm. keep Kofi fresh for those final minutes. But moving right along in this podcast, we kind of buried the lead a little bit. Illinois football has a chance to clinch a bowl game this week against Michigan State, yeah. and we got to talk to a lot of guys heading into this. You know, Brandon Peters and Josh Amaterbebe both said that they're going to that they are kind of laying the foundation for a perennial bowl contender. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear from both of those guys right now. First, Brandon Peters, and then Josh Amaterbebe. How how good was it for you to to finally get the touchdown with Bebe? Because there was one called back earlier in the yeah. game. What did you think about it? Was that a touchdown? I thought it was. I thought it was. Does, I don't know how the too. catch thing works anymore, man. He had two feet in, and then it doesn't make sense to me. It's a wild rule. Uh, you have an interesting perspective because you were at Michigan. How yeah. do, you, do you kind of see the foundations of a team that could build into a bowl team consistently every year here at Illinois right now? Um, like, like laying the like, foundation now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we can, you know, set a norm here. Um, definitely with this season. Um, you know, I don't want to look into next season, but... You know, with the guys that are coming back, I think it'll give us um, a confidence and a kind of like a, an example of what's needed to make, you know, that type of run. I think, uh, Rod, going back to your run, um, he said he wasn't surprised that you got caught, but he was surprised <laughs> that you did the, the little fake. Um, yeah. how, how does it feel to just have, uh, like, his support in both running and passing as kind of a dual threat? Yeah, I mean, I mean... He gives me the opportunity to make those those type of decisions. Um, you know, 
he told me when I came here he's not going to change his scheme, but he's going to play to my strengths. And, you know, I think I've proved to, to him throughout the year that, you know, I can make the, the plays in the run game when they're present. And if, if you had that opportunity again, what would you have done differently to get into the end zone there? Um, I probably would have stopped looking back and probably dove <laughs> near the end. But, hey, it's whatever. Is that what he said in the uh, film room? I forget what he said. He probably he said yeah. He said with your with your <laughs> big um, big body, you probably could have just dove from the five yard line if you wanted to. But I mean, for me, I was just thinking, don't fumble it. Like you know what I mean. But and and we talked last week how you really didn't get a chance to air it out against uh, Purdue. Yeah. You got that chance this week and connected on two pretty deep passes. Yeah. What does that do for your confidence moving forward when you have to air it out? Um, you know, you know, I always have the confidence to make those plays in the pass game. But uh, I mean, going forward, I mean, I think it just gives a better level of trust between receivers. Um, know Donnie, Josh, um, those guys to make one-on-one plays and one-on-one catches like that. So before I talk about the touchdown that did count, um, w- looking back at the tape, do you think that it was a touchdown in the end of the first quarter? Um, Not even just like looking back at the tape, but just like right after, I guess, I scored, if you will. I thought it was. Yeah, it looked like you had that. I I felt it was. You you know, and I don't know. I felt it was. And I got two feet in, and when I went out of bounds, that's kind of like when it popped out. Mm -hmm. But it's not like it hit me. It hit it out of my hands. The ground kind of caused it to pop out. But it is what it is. I wish uh, they would have called it a touchdown, but unfortunately they did. But you did get that touchdown later on in the game. How did that feel? I felt great. I mean, it felt good, one, just because I feel like that was the dagger in the game. Oh, yeah. And then after that, I think Dele had his pick six, or Mm -hmm. Nate had a pick six. I can't remember. Or the fumble that went to to six. But, yeah, it put the game away. So that's the reason why I was happy for the most part. And then, obviously, I wanted to get my touchdown back. That felt like it was kind of in a way taken away from me. So it was relieving in both ways. And I know you've heard the term mossed. For a catch, what about Bay Bait? How would you feel if that Oh, that's coming? awesome. No, you can coin that. That's awesome. That, I, hey, I'd be honored. I'm definitely not going to be the one to, to say that, you know, because Randy Moss is one of the greatest receivers of all time and someone who I um, take some of his uh, aspects of his game from. But if they start saying it, I'm not going to complain. Coming from USC, kind of a, a perennial bowl team, how does, it, how does the culture a little bit different here as a team that hasn't gone to the bowl game uh, in a while? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, like, I wasn't here before. I just got here in July. Um, but I can just sense just this change in, in confidence, you know. Like, our practices have been getting more and more competitive with every single win, you know. And I can only imagine how competitive this week's practice is going to be, especially now that, like, bowl game is within arm's reach, you know. So, I mean, the confidence is building. And, like, when we step on the field, we just, we just believe we're going to win. When you can get to that that point as a team and as a program, I mean, that's how I feel like dynasties are created. I know that's far along in the future and stuff like that, but I really feel like that can happen here. Thanks to both those guys for uh, giving in the interviews. Um, two guys I really like. I think Josh really yeah. really is the one who emphasized it that hey, this is um, this is this is this is the foundation. We're, we're laying the foundation right now for something that could be great.
Yeah, and we're yeah. not and trying we're not, to get ahead of ourselves, right? Yeah, we, and we're we not trying to that. get ahead of ourselves. We're not doing this for clicks, but their words were dynasty. That's not something we just came yeah. up with. Josh said it, and then he he quickly kind of retracted and said, like, I'm not trying to say we are a dynasty or we don't have a lot of work to do, but this is how they start. And he's been at a program that was one and is recognizing something similar here, so that's a great sign. And obviously the fact that they have a chance to make a bowl game this season after a 2-4 and four start is just phenomenal. And it's, and it's been those two guys and the defense kind of carrying the weight. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think, you know, when you look at this Michigan State team, uh, they've lost their center and their their star linebackers, and their offensive line is already struggling, which means lobby balls should be happening. Yeah, and um, a wide I love receiver that is, that. is out as well. Yeah, so MSU's got a terrible off bye week. They have a lot of time to prepare, but a lot of everything's kind of missing. So here's what, in my opinion, if you're Illinois, you got to do is Jamal Milan, the one and the two technique, need to really do well if there's no center. You need to switch, create traps, and uh, switch the lineup a little bit. Uh, maybe even put Patiku on the inside on a couple of If he's, uh, if he's healthy. Yeah, exactly, if he comes. And I think he, he might be back this week. Yeah, I do too. And offensively, obviously you're a little short-staffed at wide receiver. Donnie Navarro's been playing a lot and playing well. But I think it's got to still be the Peters and Amater Bebe show, but... It's also got to start with the running game. You know, mm-hmm. Michigan State is one of those top 10 defenses like Wisconsin and like Michigan were when we played them. But those are the teams we've kind of had the most success against in a right. way also. So kind of adopting what worked in that game plan, taking it into this week, you got to stay committed to the run because you need balance against this type of defense. But they are going to load the box whether it's Reggie or Dre, because Dre Brown has kind of had a coming-out party as of late. So when they load the box, it's going to be up to Peters to not turn it over and and hit when he gets his chances. So mm-hmm. that's what I'll be looking for this weekend. Yeah, you mentioned Rod Smith. The The thing about Rod Smith is his, his run-first spread hasn't been quite as successful as it was last year. Um, a lot of that is because Peters isn't a run threat. And yes, he, he is. I'm okay. going to say he is. <laughs> All right. Okay, he is. But he isn't as much of a run threat as A.J. Bush was last year. I'll, yeah, that's a good That way was to a better it. way to put it. You're right. He's not as much of a, of a runner as A.J. Bush. And his pass game isn't amazing. It's average. But it's better than A.J. Bush. But it's better so than A.J. Bush. So Rod can call more shots down right. the field. Right. So, so which is, this is getting, getting to my point. He, in this MSU game, is going to have to p- call – a an unbelievable game that is complete, and B that is completely um, mixed in well. He cannot stick with the run the whole game. He's gonna have to pass the ball down the field a couple times. He's got to take a couple shots. If if he does take a couple shots, Illinois wins this game. I think. I think if so he too. Doesn't uh, and sticks with the run too much, we'll lose. I and I also think um, the first few series can't be run first down, run second down, pass third down. That doesn't work. Defenses know that's coming. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they just go, like, big shot down the field, first down, first play the game, or something like that, yeah. really to just kind of get the ball rolling. I think Peters, if he's going to be trusted to throw it downfield, he might turn it over once, but I think once is the limit for Illinois. Um, I think Peters can – I think Peters will have a two-touchdown, one-pick day, mm-hmm. and I think that would be good enough for an Illinois win. Yeah. You know what I want to see is the third and short – 
long ball long to Bebe. To Bebe. I think that's a statement statement throw. Um, and he'll go up and get it. And Bebe will get it. We know it. he it's will. It's just Peters. It's the only thing, the big reason why I think Smith doesn't trust that play is because, you know, Peters is an average quarterback. He might not make that throw every time. So he's looking to get the first down anyway, so mm-hmm. he might as well run the ball. That's his thing. But if he takes that shot, um, you know, a lot of nations going to kill him on, on Twitter. But that that's a smart move, in my opinion. And everyone's been loading the box on those third and shorts. If he gets the ball quick or takes a, a shot down the field, play action, that's the move. That being said, let's get into some uh, prediction, score predictions for this game. Well, really quick, I just want to give one yeah. more update defensively for Illinois. Dele Harding was named Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. Great honor for him. Definitely deserved it. Um, he had, uh, I think, 11 tackles or 12 tackles, the pick six, and a forced fumble. And then on Monday, it was announced that Jake Hansen is being placed on the Butkus Award watch list. Mm-hmm. Um, as a semifinalist. As a semifinalist. So really quick, we're going to hear from Jake Hansen about that honor and how he thinks his teammate Dele Harding should also be on that list. Um, so can you just talk a little bit about, so Lovey kind of mentioned that he thought that Harding deserved um, a spot on that Butkus watch list, and you kind of expressed that on Twitter a little bit. Can you just describe your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think... Uh, I think if you look at throughout the whole year, he's done, uh, especially statistically, he's matched up with just about anyone in the country as far as tackles, interceptions, tackles for loss. Um, there's not many players that have done what he's done, so I think that was a little bit disrespectful to him, but uh, it's not always about all the accolades, so. Uh, but I know I'm, I'm frustrated for him, and I know he's frustrated about it. How do you feel about being on the list, though, yourself? Um, I'm obviously happy about it, but uh, at the same time, the accolades don't always, don't always mean everything. You know, we talked about this when Dick Buckus was here, about how Illinois has that kind of linebacker um, like precedence, I guess. How does it feel for you and, and Dele to be able to kind of carry on his legacy, especially now that you're getting some national recognition for it? Um, I mean, it's a huge honor and trying to keep the linebacker U kind of uh, thing going. And I know me and Dele have had long talks about this kind of stuff, and it was just kind of a matter of time before it, before it was coming up. What's it like playing with Dele and Milo? Two great guys. Uh, Guys that are just about about, about their business, uh, and especially like honestly, it's kind of surprising that uh, usually you see someone struggle a little bit in their first year of like starting as a full time player. But you didn't really see that as much at all with Dele. Like this is his first time being the full time starter. It just makes you think about like how much bigger of a step could he take if he had another year of eligibility or another year of college. But um, I think he's gonna be. He's going to be ready to roll for the next level for sure. And three-game winning streak, probably the three best defensive games you guys have played all year. Yeah. How are you guys going to keep building on it because you guys aren't done yet? Uh, we're going to get back to work. Uh, work's already kind of started. and We're um, <clears throat> going to work even harder at practice and try to keep the ball rolling. Third and fourth quarter of the last couple of games have really been where you guys thrived. What does Love you kind of do at halftime to kind of get you guys either motivated or make changes? Um, I mean, sometimes it's a slight adjustments, but it's not uh, not anything too major. I think we're just we did a couple, did a better job executing the second half and past second half. So yeah. 
Was your dad here this weekend? Yeah, he was. How was it to have him here for the game? Or does he usually come to the games? He comes every game. So He um, does? Yeah, it's... But obviously, it means a little bit more when he gets to walk with you in the Grange Grove walk, and uh, that's important, and obviously love seeing him every week. Sorry, definitely motivating. Thanks to Jake Hansen for that one. Really unselfish, um, an unselfish guy. Obviously, he likes the credit, but he also thinks Daley deserves it, and I yeah. do too. Absolutely. Jake's, Jake's never going to, you know, uh, be selfish. He's, he's an unselfish player, definitely a leader on this team. We already knew that, but... Um, Really, when you think about this season and where we were at the beginning of the year, and we were talking about Lovey's defense, how you know the defense was bad, you know linebacker coach, his son wasn't gonna <laughs> be good, but now we look at this team, defense is pretty good, and the best part of the defense is their linebackers. And I mean, they're I this is giving them a lot, but they're Lovey's next Briggs Erlacher combo, and I know that's like it's a good comparison. Uh, in terms of like, right, they're the, obviously the players, not there, but not yet. not like physically, they're a little right, bit different. exactly. But the way Lovey uses them, they both play the entire field, and Erlacher and Briggs were the best at just like ganging up on tackles. They they would be one and two for tackles, punching the ball out, getting interceptions. You don't see that a lot from linebackers, and Illinois is a a really solid one two punch at linebacker, mm-hmm. and. I'm excited to see where they can go from here. Yeah, the thing is about those, um, those those forced fumbles is that we we recovered unbelievable amount of them. Yeah, a really high percentage. A really high percentage. It just goes to show you that's what Lovey's trying to do. It's the bend don't break. You know, we'll give him fifty yards, but then if you punch the ball out, it doesn't mean anything, and you recover it. Right. You know, it, we're we're going down the field. I'm anxious to see how many kicks have been like attempted on Illinois, like field goal kicks, because I feel like. Every drive is either punt, turnover, or touchdown. Like, I really can't remember many field goals. There's just a ton of touch. Like, the Michigan game, seven tu- touchdowns, six touchdowns scored against, and then two turnovers. The Nebraska game, six touchdowns scored against, four turnovers. Like, if, especially once they get over that midfield mark, it seems like the Illinois defense is, is either saying, we're giving up a touchdown and we're getting this ball back. And they don't seem to mind because, like you said, it's the bend, don't break. Yeah, they, not at all. So, you know, really in, in an impressive team on defense so far. And, and you know, we're eating our words a little bit. But um, we didn't really see this team earlier this year perform the way they are now. So, I, you know, it's exciting. And uh, we'll see if they come up with a win against Michigan State. Speaking of which, let's get into our predictions really quick. I'll start us off. I feel like you usually go first every week. I am going to go. Um, Hot take. No, not hot take. I think Illinois wins, and that's not hot coming from me mm-hmm. because if everything went the way I picked, it'd be 8-1, and 7-1 and one this yeah. year. But, hey, the one game I picked them to lose, they won against Wisconsin, and ever since I, I said I'm not going not gonna to do it again. So mm-hmm. Michigan State, I think Illinois wins. I think they control the ball offensively, force a few turnovers, ultimately win the game. Um, I don't think it's going to be very high-scoring. Michigan State's a tough defense and a difficult place to play. And I think the weather's supposed to be particularly cold on Saturday. But I say Illinois wins it 23-16, to 16, and they clinch a bowl. bowl. They clinch bowl eligibility. That's my prediction. Yeah, I, I, 41 degrees, sunny, but not rainy. That's what I was looking for. I think Michigan State's going to win this game. 
Um, I agree it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be in the 20s. 28, um, here's my prediction. MSU 28, Illini 27. Really close game. Um, but I see home field advantage, advantage really, really helping MSU. But here's the thing. The great thing is that we got MSU at the perfect time in our schedule. Three-game win streak. And we have a break. And then we take on number 18, Iowa. I think that Iowa game might be more winnable than the MSU game with the break. Yeah, the other – well, that's the whole thing, too. Michigan is coming off their bye week, so they have two weeks to prepare for right. Illinois. Um, the other thing, though, Iowa's a tougher place to play than Michigan State, mm-hmm. I think. Iowa defends their home field really well, but nonetheless, those are our predictions. I have Illinois winning. Patrick has them losing. <laughs> and now we're going to get into our power ranking segment, which I think is one of our favorites here on Oski Talk. Um, number one's pretty easy. It's it's Ohio State. It's yeah. got to be. Uh, number one, Ohio State. Two, Penn Moving State. On. Two, Penn State. Not much to be said there no. either. Three, Minnesota. Three, Minnesota. I can't believe that they're number three at this point in the season. P.J. Fleck got that huge extension. Yeah, through 2026, he's extended. I know you're kind of upset about that because you wanted him. I wanted him here, but now we get the lovey P.J. Fleck. Which you might like even better. Yeah, like <laughs> their little rivalry. versus yeah the rivalry. I'm trying. I think it should be a bigger thing because it really is. They came in at the same time and and look who's being a little bit more almost the same time. And look who you know of their three matchups. PJ Flex two and one. You know next year Lovey has a really good chance to make that two and two. It's an interesting rivalry. So anyways, yeah, um, number four. Four. I have Michigan. I have Wisconsin. I still don't like Michigan. I don't. I don't love them, but. Um, I don't know. I think you could put Wisconsin there, too. I think they're almost interchangeable, to be honest with you. I think that's where that tier ends um, with one of those teams. I have Michigan 4, Wisconsin 5. Uh, yeah, I have it the other way around. I have Michigan at four, uh, 5, uh, Wisconsin at 4. Um, you know, I just think Wisconsin's a little bit better than Michigan this year. They're going to be in the Big Ten Championship. I think Wisconsin might win out the year. Um, that's why I've projected. So uh, I'm going to go with them at the four, Michigan at the five, number six, Iowa. I have Iowa, too. Um, Steady season. Yeah. Not a lot I, to say there's about not, them. not a ton to say about them. They win the games they should. Yeah. Their offense is pretty good. And I'm excited to see how we play against them. Um, but, yeah, they're the sixth best team. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's where it gets a little shaky. I have number eight, Michigan State. Or number seven, Michigan State. Excuse me. I have Illinois seven. I think this three-game win streak is really impressive. Um, I think they jump over Michigan State because Michigan State didn't play last week. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think Illinois and Michigan State are very kind of evenly matched in the Big Ten. I think you could flop them, which is what I assume you did. But I've got Illinois 7 riding high on the momentum right now, and that's kind of what power rankings are almost ranking. So Mm -hmm. 7 Illinois for me. Uh, I don't have Illinois at the 7. They'll be coming in a little bit later. Um, I just think Michigan State is, is a better team than Illinois right now. Um, I think they're better than Indiana as well. Uh, you know, not a lot to say. Disappointing year for MSU, but that doesn't mean that their defense isn't still elite. They are. Um, offense is also good. Um, but Lou Erke is is not the right man for that offense. He's just not a great quarterback. Um, so I have them at seven. Number eight, Indiana. Eight. Ahead of Illinois, which is shocking, but they beat Nebraska um, I think they'll beat Purdue. They're bull eligible. Indiana at the eight. Eight's where I have Michigan State. Um, like I said, I kind of put them one uh, team higher than you, and then I have Indiana nine. So we're pretty much on the same page mm-hmm. there. I just Illinois have Illinois nine. a little bit higher. You got Illinois nine. 
Um, so then 10, I have Nebraska. Uh, I have Purdue. Purdue head to 10. Head. Uh, yeah. I'm going to get Purdue over Nebraska, even though I think Nebraska should have won that game. Um, and then I have Purdue 11. And then I assume the final three go Maryland, Northwestern, Rutgers. Yep. So we're pretty even there. Only have a few changes, so it's kind of getting to the point of the year where you can only rank them a certain way. Everything's kind of coming to fruition, and hopefully for Illinois, that means they keep climbing. Mm -hmm. I wish we beat, I mean, we didn't play Maryland, but I wish we beat everyone who was below us. And if for you, that's Michigan State. So maybe um, the only team that isn't really on, uh, that we didn't beat was Nebraska, and that should have been a win. It really should have been. I think so, too. Well, that'll do it for Oski Talk. Thanks for listening. Schmack. And uh, for Anthony Pasquale, I am Patrick Catazone. Uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you tune in on Thursdays and Mondays. Uh, ILL. I and I, baby. Schmack.